You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Faster, More Intense uh, for Chapter 3 of the Book of Boba Fett, The Streets of Mos Espa. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and joining me as always, the illustrious Joe Hogan. That's the guy. Get him. That's that's like, go, go, go. (laughs) I do a a very slow version of Back to the Future. Um, Oh, yeah. Which oh, like yeah. back to back to the future, like let's put this into perspective. The first back to the future, right? It's the it's 1955. And uh I don't know the model of the car. But cars cars actually didn't like the top speeds on cars were not they weren't nearly what they are nowadays. Right. right? Where like nowadays like you get like a like a like a uh the cheapest Toyota and it's like yeah, I don't even know because I'm not a car guy. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a car guy, but you know, like like they accelerate pretty pretty fast, right? Mm-hmm. But like back then, uh, cars didn't go pre- like they really didn't go that fast, which is one of the reasons why like whenever you see pictures of car seats and stuff like that, it's just like a it's just a baby seat with a little buckle that goes over top <laughs> of the seat, and people are like, "That's ridiculous! How come babies weren't dying left and right?" It's like, well, because that car's top speed is like sixty miles an hour like <laughs> top speed top speed right and especially like those car- all those cars were like boats and stuff so mm. when you watch back to the future it's actually like it's a it's a marvel of the way that it's cut and shot that it feels as like frantic and fast paced as it is because he's on a makeshift skateboard and they're driving a car that tops out at like 60 <laughs> or 70. Right. And I, I, and they're driving around in a circle. Like it's like, they're not really going anywhere. And yet that's one of the greatest, like, like, like uh, fun action set pieces in film. Right. And then you've got, you have all of the technology in the world. You've got everything at your disposal. Um, and you're filming in the volume and like it's just cutting edge state of the art. And for some reason, it feels like at the fastest, at the fastest, those scooters are going like 30. <laughs> it's like like if if you ran alongside them, you could you could outpace them. But I, it it's it's not what they were going for. And I think that's where the juxtaposition is. If it is, were like, is it though? Like, or was it supposed to be like the guy getting away was so like pathetic that it was just like a low speed car chase? I think I think if there had been some insert shots, I think you could actually fix the whole sequence with some insert shots of the gang like laughing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if they didn't look like they were being badass, which is what every like giving it their all. And then the one guy who wipes out is like, oh, darn it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like. Like if like if they had really like played it up as the like prequel esque uh, uh, silly chase scene that it ends up being, 
um of like of like this guy's not a real threat like yeah um then i think it could have worked but also like the scene itself would have worked it wouldn't have worked tonally for what was happening in the show but um i want one take that i heard on it was actually that that it would have been much more effective um a little bit of uh, like it would be really interesting to take it and recut the whole thing and and like speed it up a little bit um because i think that you could do it just with some editing Mm-hmm. I think if you like ramped it up to like 1.25 speed and just like made a couple more cuts and like made a few more of the sequences shorter, it would uh, like like the shots shorter. It would it would actually fix the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I but but one take that I heard that was really, really good was it would have worked so much better if they didn't catch him, if they were like chasing him through the streets and he like like instead of having a scene later where we find out that the pikes are there, if he had been like, if, if, if he had, uh, uh, the, the, the major domo had like basically ridden into the pike base and the, and like the kids all had to stop and be like, woof, Nope, <laughs> Nope. We're yeah. not going in there. It's a bunch of pikes mm-hmm. with blaster rifles and stuff like that. But, um, I, that's not that's not the direction they decided to go. Anyways, but, uh, but instead we got the uh, we got the bicycle chase scene from the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I love it because it is very much Pee Wee's bike. Is like <laughs> they, aesthetically, it's very similar. Yeah. Um, let's roll it back. We kind of jumped right into the middle. Yeah, wow, no, right just straight for the, the jugular, Mike. <laughs> I like it. I I actually. Aside from the pace of the of the chase scene and um, and the way that the Tuscans are handled, I I actually enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I really liked it. Um, I, the Kersantan stuff is like, yeah, that's like top drawer of Star Wars. That's some good stuff. Um, and like the the story of of Boba recruiting this street gang I really like, and I like their, their body mods and stuff like that. Like I like the cyberpunk aesthetic that's coming in. Um, and it's something it's not, if you've been, if you've kind of been around in the EU and that sort of thing, uh, then this isn't that new for star Wars, but it's definitely new for on screen for like characters who have lines. Right. Um, there's, there's sure. There's plenty of like the, 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 the decraniated and stuff like that in, uh, uh, or Lobot even uh, uh, from from Empire, but the decraniated from I. Uh, they're in Rogue One, right? Are they in Rogue One or uh, in Solo? They're the one. They've got like the the their head, like the tops of their heads are chopped off, basically. Right. Like I, th- a, I think like that's. I think that's Rogue One. Yeah, um, they're in one of the visual guides, anyways. Mm. I I so we we've gotten like like some stuff, but it's always felt like. Um, like with Lobot, there's like a whole backstory in the Lando comic for why he ends up doing that. And it's sort of like a, it's a choice, but it's not really a choice. It's like, hey, one of us has to do this sort of thing. Mm. Um, and 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 there's it's like a sacrifice, like Lobot kind of ends up becoming um, sort of half a man, half a machine. I, I you know, which kind of which ties in with all the the Vader stuff and the idea of like the Force being in living things, and when you uh, start, you know, swapping out body parts for droid parts, or becoming mechanical, then you lose your connection to the Force. You lose something from that, right? But I think like these kids are our first example of 
of like hero ish characters because it's all anti hero stuff right now, but like hero characters that are like, no, no, we chose to do this, and like uh, uh, Scad, the the cyborg with the eye. Uh, his line at the end where Boba's like, like, keep an eye on him. He's like, sorry, which I, I like, I like that moment. And then be like, no, don't be sorry. I paid a lot of money for this thing. I'm quite proud of my eye. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you are like, that's, that's, uh, I, I like that. I like that. There's like this weird, this weird, like identity that this gang has, um, with their, with their droid pieces and whatnot. Um, I, and then, and then, I mean, like the rancor is, I don't. I don't know how any Star Wars fan isn't happy with uh, with the Rancor <laughs> stuff. That's just like it's so good. It's so I can't wait for the uh, for the Disney Gallery episode for when we get like all the the behind the scenes on like like where the practical versus CG comes in because I think most of what we saw with the Rancor in this episode was practical. Like all of the stuff in the Rancor pit, that's a puppet like that the the there's there's no doubt in my mind like that thing's 100% practical and mm-hmm. then obviously like outside uh, i i think that there's some moments there where they're using cg and then or or compositing some some shots together and that sort of thing in order to make the space feel bigger but um but yeah i mean like it's 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 another one of those episodes where it's like i don't know that a lot happened in this one specifically but i'm really really excited about the stuff that it's setting up the fact that we're three episodes in to a seven episode series uh, uh or or season uh, uh depending on how you look at it and um uh we're setting up a lot of stuff and it's like uh is all of this gonna are we gonna get payoff for all of this right away because it feels like that's gonna be a lot now by the end of this season. So either some stuff is going to get dropped, which is entirely possible based on the way that they handled the Tuscans, or this is two seasons, uh, uh, at least. And, and I think that that's the case. I think that this is, I think this is multiple seasons. Um, cause I, if, if Boba gets a rancor in episode three and then by seven, unless there's a time jump somewhere in there, he's, if he's riding that rancor by the end of this season, I'm going to call, foul a little bit Um, (laughs) as much as like i'm psyched for that moment i want that to be like you know it's like he's we have to build to it we have to develop that story um but uh yeah uh i don't know so that's kind of my overall feelings on it um we'll get into some of the nitty-gritty but but joe uh how how are you feeling about it how are you (laughs) i I know the cool thing nowadays is to go on a podcast and trash Star Wars. Here's all the things that's wrong with it. I am not really sure where I fall with this show because the first episode, I was just kind of neutral. Last episode, I really, really liked. I was really excited about to, you know, just to see where it goes. And then this episode was another one for me where it just kind of feels like, what is this show? Like, what is this show doing exactly? So each each sequence, I feel like there there was stuff to be excited about, right? Because we watch the show because we're Star Wars fans, and they're putting stuff in to make Star Wars fans excited. Yeah. But for me, a lot of this feels very two steps forward, one step back. Like it's it's I'm trying so hard to not be cynical 
when I watch this this show. Yeah. But this episode was very like, here's something cool. Oh, but here's something that like is disappointing about it. Here's another thing that's really cool. Oh, but here's something really silly. And it was just like, no, no matter what it was, anything I liked, there was something odd about it. Like, oh my god, a rancor. Oh, but Danny Trejo is is the rancor keeper. That's pulling me out of it a little bit. Okay, well, whatever. Mm. We'll we'll roll with it. Danny Trejo is awesome, but like, was kind of fourth wall breaking. Um, Chrisanne, oh man, this fight scene was awesome. And now he just sprints off into the desert, and that's kind of silly and weird. They just, they <laughs> never saw him again, which I he'll be back. But like, still, yeah, it was yeah. just like a very like what okay kind of moment. The the recruiting the the bike gang, which I love the idea of. Oh man, Boba's recruiting like a swoop bike gang. What a cool idea! Like now he has like some some enforcers. That's pretty awesome. And then like. I don't know. The bikes just look like Power Ranger bikes and and they don't feel like they belong on Tatooine because they're spotless and bright and shiny and there's no weathering on them. And like, I love the idea of a swoop gang and I love the idea that it's just like kids who don't have a job and want like honest work and Boba's going to like, you know, they can help each other out. But then like, you know, I kind of said this already. They're like the 90s, tough as nails, extreme kids. So we have these robot parts. So it's just like, oh, man, like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just every everything, everything that I'm, like, remotely excited about. There's just, like, a caveat, too. Like, there's compromise yeah. to it. Like, here, we'll give you this cool thing. But there's going to be this little silly aspect to it that doesn't really, like, click all the way for you. And like it's one of it's like it's a bummer because I don't want to I don't want to like bring anybody down like I'm thrilled that people are loving it like I really I think there's a lot of great stuff in the show but so far I'm just like what what is going on like I don't get it like I just it's not it's not scratching that itch for me like Mandalorian or Clone Wars or even Bad Batch did like Bad Batch I feel like every time I came on with the exception of that infestation. Uh, episode like every time we came on to talk bad batch i was excited and like i don't know man this show is just i i don't know i don't know how i feel i'm trying so hard to yeah to like really be into it and i'm just like i don't really know how i feel um and you know you touched on it a little bit man the tuscans like what a what a throwaway scene that felt like where it's just like here we're yeah. spending all, half of the time of the show of the first two episodes establishing why these Tuscans are important to this to this story and then all of a sudden oh by the way everyone's dead I was like uh oh oh okay I, I mean I get it it's it's something that had to happen but it's just like another example of something that like I think the disconnect for me other than like the little compromises every once in a while is for me it feels like the things that need more time aren't getting enough time and the things that are getting all the time, don't need that much time. So the pacing feels just like so off for me. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Like I I feel lost. I feel lost and I'm glad to be around you because I like your infe infectious enthusiasm for it. <laughs> but like, and I'm hoping yeah. it's going to rub off on me. But so far I'm just like, man, I don't know about this one. I really don't like right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of like, please get better. Because I'm not looking forward to the next week. I'm just like, please, please tell me we set everything up that we need to set up. Please tell me that we're going to get some payoff now. So that, that's where my head is at in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I, I think you're, you're, you're on track. I mean, even, even though I'm, I'm really enjoying the show. Um, I do think the third episode is the weakest of the batch so far. Mm. 
but um but i mean like overall like i'm really really happy with the show um and it's like kind of two things right i think now now we're actually i guess three main things now we're getting so much star wars that, that the two biggest parts of that is like is like not not everything uh not everything's gonna be for everybody right mm-hmm. Cause like even star Wars visions is a really good example of like, there are half of star Wars visions. I don't care to ever watch again. Uh, I, I know that people really dig Ronan in, in the star Wars vision stuff. I could care less. It, <laughs> it was, it was fun to watch it and, and the designs are neat and stuff, but like, that's not what I'm here for. The ninth mm. Jedi on the other hand is like, <clears throat> if I could, if I could have more, of something star wars right away it's uh it's it's definitely ben solo and ray uh kissing a whole a whole lot but if i could have two things the other (laughs) Other one is ninth jedi the other one is ninth jedi so realistically speaking because i don't think that we're gonna get i I would love to see ben solo come back to life but i i or you know a story that brings him back to life um and and everybody cringes at the thought of that and it's like we are literally talking about boba fett right now i like come on guys darth maul boba fett palpatine there are no rules it's star wars relax about it um the other thing is on on the like there's so much star wars right now that they're making i mean there are eight series in development on top of the two that are already running and then bad batch for animated right they're making so much Star Wars. We are going to have to get used to seeing actors we are familiar with show up in Star Wars. Get yeah. over it. Get over it right now, right? I'm like, trying, man. I, got, I love I Danny Trejo. I love Danny Trejo. I was like, oh, Danny yeah. Trejo. But then I realized, like, this is out of place and strange for me. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like it's Robert Rodriguez. You knew he was going to show up at some point, right? Mm. Um, I actually, lo- I think that this is like the perfect level of role for Danny Trejo where he's at right now. Like, like, like the age that he is, it's like, it, I like that Danny Trejo implies this guy used to be a badass, mm-hmm. <laughs> but now he's just kind of a chill rancor keeper. Right. And it's like, <laughs> all right, cool. And he's, I, like, I like, I love the, the, I actually think that he's perfectly cast in this role and I'll explain why. Uh, he, he is if you follow him on social media or you really like know anything about Danny Trejo as a person, he's known for portraying characters that are like tough as nails. Like don't mess with this guy. You know, like this guy's an ex con. This guy murdered all mm. these people. This guy, like, you know, machete and whatever. Right. But then if you've ever watched any of the spy kids movies, <laughs> you know that he's also got this soft side. And in real life, <laughs> he's actually a, a, a big sweetie. And like, Early on in the pandemic, his his son got him into Animal Crossing, and there are these great videos of him. There are these fantastic videos of him playing Animal Crossing, just like just being Danny Trejo playing Animal Crossing. I love it. So I love the idea of like this guy. This guy trains rancors, and rancors have this reputation for being hardcore monster fighters, right? Like, like they're like, they're these deadly dangerous animals. Um, but that's not actually what they are. Right. And it's like that, like we get a little bit of that just by having Danny Trejo attached to that character. There's a little bit of that subtext for those of us who are fans. That's going to carry through into that of like, Oh, tough as nails on the outside, but actually there's like a soft and 
interior in the on, on that hard as nails exterior right and mm. then that that is going to translate over to boba and it's like boba's not there yet for us boba's still trying to figure that out right but we're bringing these things into his story that are that are showing us this stuff right and i i like this is such a great example of them i think doing it really well of like showing that that i uh, that like oh well like he cares about animals right like it's it's one of the it's those that thing of like uh, I I if somebody who treats animals poorly is a like like it, yeah it says a lot about their yeah. personality like like what type of a person they are and where their line is right and I think like the opposite is also true so you can see it's and I think like they're trying to use rancors as kind of like pit bulls right which like pit bulls are uh, like were used in in like dog fighting rings and stuff like that and and um there's a lot of history there with that breed and people have this really negative image of what a pit bull is and people have this really negative image of what boba fett is whether it's people not respecting him because he he's just a bounty hunter or it's people being afraid of him because he's a bounty hunter right um and so like he's trying to rehabilitate that image but doesn't really know how to do it and then here comes this rancor and the, and Danny Trejo's there to like be his spirit guide on that part of the journey and i i th- i i personally think that that's really cool i really like that but Stephen Root took me out of it right it's but it's this funny balancing act because then like Matt Berry as the voice of 88 totally fine totally yeah. fine yeah. right um, so it's like, it, there, there, it's like a balancing act and we're going to, and like, uh, uh, Peli is a great example in the, in the Mandalorian. I know that a lot of people don't like that character. I, I happen to love that character. She's one of my favorite new characters that have been introduced from this live action stuff. I just, I just think that she's who a is, delight. Who is that again? The, 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 uh, mechanic that runs the, that has the, the, the repair shop with the pit droids. She's in this episode. Oh yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. She, wa- she walks by yeah, in the like background, her. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's just going to be hit or miss. I, mm. I and I and I think I think the biggest thing. And I got into an argument with a guy on Twitter last night who because I, I, I geeky waffle posted a thing because they're more on my side of things with the with the the swoop gang of like I'm I'm all about it. I love it. I love like the American graffiti. Uh, uh, homage concept of of these kids in this uh, backwater planet. Uh, everything's dusty, and the most punk thing possible is for them to be like, "No, we're shiny though." Like, <laughs> like it's <clears throat> I like I get that like like the rest of the aesthetic of Tatooine is is grunge, right? But but these guys these kids come along and they're like they're like, "No, I don't care. I don't care where we are." This is like this is what we take pride in. We have this image, and that's and why we, we steal water. <laughs> well, I think we clean our bikes. I think they steal water because it's meant to be like a Robin Hood type thing, mm. of like, and I think that's why Boba is is recruiting them as opposed to someone else. Right? Is that he sees these kids and he goes, "Well, you guys just want this place to be better. Me too. That's mm. what I'm like. That's my goal." Are like you got you kids don't realize it yet, but like I'm actually a, I'm I'm a I'm a cool Gen X, 
Uh, (laughs) like like oh no 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 i i protest stuff too um so i think like there's a there's some allegory going on there and there's some some metaphor and whatnot but i but anyway so i i got into this argument because i said like you know something along the lines of like of like there are things to complain about in this episode but the vespa swoop gang is not one of them like the uh, vespa cyberpunk kids uh, cyberpunk gang or whatever this is not one of those things and this guy comes in and he's just like uh there's this stupid disney channel stupid uh, uh it all sucks it's so dumb it's the worst and i'm like and i i respond to the guy i was like hey man hey can i give you a piece of advice maybe don't take the space wizard tv show quite so seriously mm-hmm. and then and then he's like He's like, what, what do you, how can you be so dismissive? You call it space wizards. And it's like, he's like acting like I'm just some random, I, 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 you know, like, like casual fan uh, on the internet. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about star Wars. And he's like, he's like, are you even a star Wars fan? I'm like, I'm like, bro, if it, if you took 15 seconds to look at my Twitter profile, you would realize how ridiculous it is to ask me that question. Uh, you know, I, Hey, I've only been hosting star Wars podcasts for 13, 14, how many years has it been? 2008. How many years ago was that? <laughs> uh, 14? 14 years ago. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've only been putting out regular star Wars podcasts for 14 years. I, uh, I, covered every single animated thing that they've done since 2008, including the Lego stuff. Uh, no, I'm not a real star Wars fan guy, but, um, but it was just like, I was just like, like, you gotta, you gotta take a step back from this and get a little bit of perspective because you seem real upset. Everybody about, needs to about, take a step back. Yeah. If they're getting upset about any, cause like bingo. Yeah. It's just, it's fiction. It's not yeah. real. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing that I noticed in everybody that was agreeing with him and coming in and like sort of, I'm going to say, I'm going to be really generous and say supporting his argument, both supporting (laughs) and argument have quotes around them. I, I, the, the thing that they all had in common is that they expressed how their expectations were let down by the reality of it, Mm -hmm. which I think is so fascinating because I look at it and I go like, I don't like Boba Fett, <laughs> right? We had this conversation yeah. when we started. Yeah. I, I don't care for this character to begin with. So like they, we can only go up from here for me, right? Like that's sort mm-hmm. of my perspective on it. And and what they've done with these first few episodes, it's like, okay, cool. We're building on this. We're giving this character more to do than just look cool in the background, right? Um but but for other people, it's like they have an image of, and this is what happened in the Last Jedi. This is what happens. Um, I think with the DC movies and stuff like that, with Batman and 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 uh, uh, it, it's. But with that one, it's almost like the opposite. It's like the the Batman that they've been putting in movies for the last twenty years are actually. Uh, they're not indicative of Batman as a whole. They're indicative of what people think they remember Batman being mm-hmm. right. It's like, and it's almost like it's become distorted in this funhouse mirror. And like, I'm look, don't get me wrong. I am excited for Matt Reeves, the Batman, right? Like I, like I, I look at that and I go like, this is a take guys. And, and, and I'm interested, like, I'm very interested, uh, especially like with kind of how weirdly 
sexualized they've made Catwoman, not in the way that they did in Batman Returns, but in like this, like she's she's like uh, aggressive in that respect mm. in that one trailer that they put out. And I'm like, interesting because Matt Reeves, I love his movies, Cloverfield, the, the apes movies. Like, I think he does great stuff. So I'm totally down. But I, I yeah, it's but it is this thing of like of Batman has become distorted by the fan perspective of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I, th- I think I, I, with star Wars and it's funny, we don't see it with Marvel because the characters, the character that gets the most flack online for their Marvel interpretations is Spider-Man because we have so many preconceived notions about Spider-Man, right? right? You want him to be the nineties cartoon, or you want to be this character from this comic book arc or whatever. But, um, because Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Black Panther, the Guardians of the Galaxy, because these characters, like, they don't hold these very specific places in pop culture, or at least they didn't until now. These interpretations have become definitive, right? And now all of a sudden you go to read a comic book about Iron Man, and that is Robert Downey Jr. in that Iron Man comic book. So, like, it's 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 flipped it on that one, which I find really interesting. The thing about Star Wars is that we have this ideology with Star Wars that the portrayals that we've seen classically are the only option for some reason, right? Animation fans, I think, are a little bit more lenient on it, but not entirely because we go like, oh, well, animation is different from live action, you guys. Come on. Right. They're not going to get Hayden Christensen for the animated stuff. So Matt Lanter does. It's like for me, like Matt Lanter is a better Anakin than Hayden was. Right. Like I'm excited to see Kenobi, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, because I think that Hayden's going to get another kick at the cannon. He might, you know, uh, like Andrew Garfield got to recently in something. I I don't know uh, what you're talking about, man. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, he, he, he might be getting a, a a moment to redeem himself on, on some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But but for me, it's like as as much as Ewan McGregor defines Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from that era, James Arnold Taylor has way more hours, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, but which version of the character is right and which character of the version, which version of the character is wrong? Neither. They're both yeah. right. They're both wrong. Yeah. They're both like they are both there. It's their stories, you guys. Yeah. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away who's playing the character, whether it's Harrison Ford or Alden Ehrenreich, I don't care as long as we're staying true to the reason why the character exists and the reason why we tell star Wars stories. And the, like the reason why we tell star Wars stories is meant to be, uh, if you, if, if you subscribe to the George Lucas ideology of it is like these stories of hope and transformation and uh and and love and compassion right like like those are those are the main takeaways from all of his star wars movies with the movie with the star wars stories that have fallen flat for me those things aren't present rogue one the the it that like the love and compassion stuff it's not really part of the story 
right? It's there's some subtext stuff going on. There's a little bit like they say the word hope like 3000 times in that movie, but it's almost like the lady doth protest too much. It's like, if you guys got to say it that many times, maybe we missed it somewhere in here. Right. Um, and that's another, like, that's a really great example of like Gareth Edwards. I love as a director. Um, I, 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 Oh my God. Why did his name just fall out of my head? I, the writer, I, Oh, I have no idea who wrote Rogue One. I, I, oh my God. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now because I, I like, I follow, I follow him on all of the social medias, uh, book of Eli. And I, he's on, he's on kind of funny, which is like one of the main things like podcasts and stuff that I listen to Gary Witta. Oh my God. I can't believe. And, and Gary Witta is out there trying to get this last Starfighter sequel to happen. And, uh, you know, like, like, like Gary Witta is up my alley in general, but, but that is one of those examples where I'm like something, I don't think it was either of them. I think that it was actually the studio. I think that it was, well, um, there was a lot of meddling with that movie, right? I think that it was Disney coming in and going like, Whoa, this is too dark. And, uh, we're not going to be able to sell this, which like, I, I don't disagree with because I'm like, that's not really what star Wars meant to be. But um, so they were like, just put the word hope in there 15 <laughs> times, turn her into Princess Leia in the third act. And uh, and, and we're good. Um, I rebel. Yeah. I. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, like this story, this book of Boba Fett story to me is about it's a transformative story. It is definitely about Boba redeeming himself, not in the eyes of the galaxy, which I think is really cool. Because I think that like with the other redemption stories that we've gotten in Star Wars, there's this like galactic view on it of like, you know, the cosmic force or, you know, like, like, you know, the word war crime gets thrown around a lot on the Internet with this stuff. And it's like uh, uh, space fans. Chopper is a war criminal. Yeah, Chopper is a war criminal. (laughs) Chopper definitely deserves to, 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 you know. yeah answer answer for his crimes for sure um but i think like like the coolest thing about this story for boba is that it is such an internal journey which we haven't really gotten because george's stuff is so um objective in the in the way that that he told stories like revenge of the sith is the is the most subjective we ever got when we go into the visions, right. When we, when we see Padme dying in childbirth and and like, we get to see just a glimpse, just like a split second of what Anakin is experiencing most of the time, especially the original trilogy. uh, That camera is like 10 feet away and it's locked. There is nothing subjective about it. The camera doesn't move. There are no snap zooms there. We start to get a little bit of that in the prequels, but for the most part, it's very objective. And it's very outside of it. Whereas this story, Mandalorian had a little bit of that stuff because we got flashbacks and that sort of thing. But like Mandalorian, sorry, Book of Boba Fett, we literally have these transition moments of like going into the back to tank and then the 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 back to dreams, right? Like mm-hmm. we have a specific transition to show us him going back into his memories, and we like we understand that when he's in the back to tank, he's processing what has happened to him over the last five years. And he's trying to reconcile this transformation that he's gone through with what he was bred to be. That's where the rancor stuff comes in. And it's like, it, it 
like I I love that aspect of it because I feel like that's such a George Lucas um, way to go about it. Even though like he didn't specifically tell stories that way, like with those tropes, the purpose is is, and I like that's that's like probably the best way that I can put it. Right? Is that like George wouldn't have made it this way. For sure. He wouldn't have made no, it this way. No. He would have made it way more objective, way more, I, I, I like sort of documentary style, but like, like his, his, like a new hope is very shot, very documentary style. Um, in, in a lot of ways. And, and I don't mean like modern documentaries where everything is handheld. I'm talking about like of the time, um, where it's like the camera is attempting to not be involved in the story. Um, but but the type of story, the reason why George would tell a story that focuses on Boba Fett would, it would have to be something transformative. It would have to be uh, like, I'm, I'm hoping by the end of this transcendent that, that it goes beyond just like a, a you know, um, I'm not a bad guy anymore, but that like that Boba becomes something more like he's, he already is an icon. He already is an image in a lot of people's minds. I think that's probably one of the hardest parts is that a lot of people do have this iconography of him and it's like the show it's so funny because meta narratively boba is fighting against exactly what some of these fans are upset about which is like they just want him to be a one note i kill guys i catch the things right like they want they want him to be what din was in the first episode of the Mandalorian, right? That's all they want him to be. And when he turns to Kersantin in this episode and he goes, Hey, a uh, piece of advice. Don't work for Skuggles. There's like, there's no future in it. Basically. I, I, and he's like, it's, it is, it is this moment of like, and the funny thing is that they've worked together in the past. We're both working for Darth Vader. Um, uh, sort of like pa- parallel, not together, but like, you know, they've both been given tasks by Vader um, mm. I, I sort of, I collaborate, cooperate, don't get in each other's way. Um, but, uh, for him to be like, Hey, I like, like the, like the elder bounty hunter. And it's like, Chrysanthemum's a lot older than you actually, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he gives him this piece of advice and Chrysanthemum kind of just looks at him like, are you for real, dude? Like, like, like this is real. It, and it's because like Chrysanthemum knows Boba Fett. He know, like, like whether they are personal friends, like he has this ideology, uh, this iconography of, of what Boba Fett means. Um, and, uh, and, and, and here's Boba acting contrary to that. So it's one of those things where it's like, there's people online and they're complaining about these specific things. And I'm going like, are you, you're not paying attention to the show. Because the characters in the show are saying what you're saying to Boba Fett. And he's saying, no, that's not me, guys. That's not me. That's and the the I think the only thing that hasn't happened yet is that he hasn't like flat out said, no, you guys are confused with the man I used to be. That's Mm. Boba Fett used to be that guy. He used to be a bounty hunter. But that's not me anymore. And I think it's because he's like, he hasn't, it's almost, I would imagine, because I have to imagine, because I don't have this perspective, but I, but I would imagine it's almost similar to coming out. He has a little bit of shame about it. 
right? Of like, because society has told him that he's supposed to be a bounty hunter. So that's his identity. And now he's going like, but maybe I don't, maybe I, maybe I'm not a bounty hunter just because my dad was a bounty hunter. Maybe I don't have to be a bounty hunter. Maybe I can be a nice guy. (laughs) And everybody's like, no, that's not who you are. And he's like, I really wish people would just accept me. I'm trying to tell you without telling you that like, hey, I'm different now, <laughs> right? And everybody, every, it, I think that that Fennec is the only character that like that gets it. But even she's a little bit like, man, why don't you just hide your light under a bushel for a minute so that we can get something done, right? Like she's, I, I like how she's perpetually annoyed by everything. Like <laughs> when everybody else, it takes like six of them to maybe wrestle Kersantin for a little bit and they're all losing. And the one Gamorrean gets like, chomped and then uh poor guy yeah and then fennec comes out pushes the button and then takes her thing and throws it into his hand and when she does she looks at everybody else with this look of disdain of like really really all of you the whole (laughs) lot of you couldn't deal with this guy like because we know like fennec i'm pretty sure fennec could handle kersantin like Mm. come on she 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 was new and she managed to hold her own against Cad Bane and, and right. won in that scenario. Right. Like Fennec is, is a certified badass. Like I, I, it's funny that the show has kind of been holding back on that stuff a little bit, but also on that note, there were consequences for her acting that way in this episode, which I thought were really interesting because Boba was like a little heavy handed and she's like, what did you want the appointment or not? And then immediately it's like, no, you did. You push too hard. Cause now he's running. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you want to be mad at anybody for us having to endure that swoop bike sequence, <laughs> it's actually Fennec's fault. I um, will never be mad at Fennec for anything. Fennec can do no wrong fair. in my eyes. That's fair. Um, yeah. And, but Hey, everybody who's worried about it, she's going to get to do something. She, she will get, a couple of moments at least by the end of this season. I'm sure I will be very disappointed if she doesn't, but I, but she will, I think what they're doing is they're kind of holding her in reserve <clears> as <throat> like, uh, uh, cause we're, we're just, I don't think that we're there yet, you know? No, um, but, but I hope we, not. My God. <laughs> well, when, not. when we get there, she will unleash and it will be fantastic. Um, but, uh, we got a little bit of it in the, uh, uh, uh first episode, first episode. Yeah on the rooftops or whatever. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. What else is that? We didn't really talk too much about the, well, the Tuscans yet, but if, go, if go I can quickly just kind of throw, not, not so much a rebuttal, but just like kind of, I guess, illustrate how I feel. I'm, I'm, I kind of get where people are coming from where, you know, they're, they're disappointed because of their expectations and like, First of all, I'm I'm with you in the sense that the character has to be more than a cardboard cutout standee, just like I'm cool and like that's that's all there is to me. I'm always gonna get my man, I'm always gonna win, whatever. Like there needs to be more than that, otherwise there's no compelling story. There needs to be failure, there needs to be growth, there like all this like all of this needs to happen. So even though I'm so far confused and slightly disappointed with the series i'm glad they're doing it i'm glad they're giving some depth to boba that was not there before but with that said i i get the confusion and the disappointment with the fact that 
for 30 years, we were told Boba Fett is the best. 40 years, really. That Boba Fett is the best. He's the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. He's he's a great fighter, all these things. And it just feels like this show, all he does is get his ass kicked. Like, <laughs> I get that, like, there's a reason for that. But when it's every episode, like, really, the only time we saw Boba be the Boba that we recognize was the, the train sequence last episode, where... I, I don't have my tools. All I have are my bare hands. I'm going to get the job done. And he gets the job done. You know, obviously he has help, which is fine. Like, it's it's not a problem that Boba has help because, you know, no man is an island, you know. But, like, it's just, it's so disappointing to see Boba constantly on, you know, at a disadvantage and losing and someone else has to save him. After being told, here's the one fundamental thing about Boba Fett that you know. He always gets the job done. He's the best in the galaxy. So mm. to, to, to take that and to turn it into someone who's like always, you know, I don't want to use the word helpless, but like it just kind of feels like he can't do anything on his own. And, you know, you and I don't care about this character, or at least we didn't before, you know, season yeah. two of The Mandalorian. But even in season two of The Mandalorian, like, that Boba was still there. Like the Boba that we know, the one that like gets the job done and is, and can hold his own and is, is always kicking people's butts. Like that's that Boba. Cause you know, that's what it was for me. Like that was the, Oh, maybe Boba Fett really is like the badass that everybody's been talking about for the last 34 years, whatever it is. And like, I think more than anything, that kind of set the expectation for me that, Oh, book of Boba Fett is going to be the story about, this this badass with you know whatever cool story arc they're gonna give him but you know he's over he's gonna overcome it whatever but it's the story i feel like whether it's the flashbacks or the present day like he just feels like you know i i get that he's supposed to be a fish out of water and he, he's you know I, I think we even said it the mayor said it last episode is is being a bounty hunter and running a family are two completely different things which yeah. cool okay but I would just really like to see one inform the other. You know what I mean? Like his use your knowledge on bounty hunting and these, you know, these skug holes that you you uh, are just telling Kristan not to work for. Like yeah. use some of that. Like a little bit of foresight. You know what I, I think, mean? Like it just, yeah. it just feels like there's just so many instances where it's like, okay, you really should have seen something coming, and like you know, pulling him out of the back to tank. Okay, you're off guard. I get it. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be on top of your game. You're gonna need help. You're you're half conscious, whatever. That I didn't have a problem with. But the fact that it's that on top of the chase scene, on top of, you know, the yeah, the yeah, yeah. the six thugs in the first episode, the Tuscans always beating the crap out of him. And it's just like one thing after the other after the other. The Jawa beating him up after the Sarlacc. And even the Sarlacc, he was like really struggling to get out of the Sarlacc. Like all, all this stuff where it's just like every step of the way, Boba just like, eh, I feel like we could be a little bit stronger, except with the exception of the train. I think the train was the first scene where I was like, yeah, that's a Boba Fett who is really cool in terms yeah. of action stuff. Because like I said, I actually really like the stuff that they, that they ended up doing with his backstory. I like the idea that he wants to get out of this life, make it better on Tatooine for everybody. And like, I like the character stuff that they're doing. But it's yeah. just like that one thing that we knew about Boba Fett isn't there. And it's like, so, okay, so why? So <laughs> okay, I'm Din, gonna, I'm, you, you said it before. Yeah. Din feels more like the Boba Fett that we knew <laughs> For than sure. Boba Fett does. Yeah. I So I, I, have, a, I have a theory on this. 
Um, and it, it involves some old legends storytelling, which is that right. like, I like it. Boba, Boba at a certain point in the story, like we find out that like, Oh, he's, he's not doing so good. Like he's getting older and he's, I, uh, uh, basically dying. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's sick. And I think, I think that we might actually, like, I think that that might be one of the main motivators and we don't know it yet is mm-hmm. that like Boba is wrestling with his mortality right now. That's one of the, like his legacy. He's like, I have nothing. Like I, I, I've lived this life and I have nothing to show for it. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I fell into a Sarlacc pit and lost everything mm-hmm. because all I had was a ship and a suit of armor. And I think that he's like, he's like, here's this opportunity on Tatooine to make a difference and to leave a lasting legacy something that my father would be proud of because like Django has this legacy of like, well, Django was the clones, right? Like, Mm, like he, he amounted to something more than just your average bounty hunter. Whereas Boba, I think is kind of looking back on his life and going like, like what, 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 what am I? Like, what is the point of this? I couldn't, and I couldn't protect the Tuscans. I think the way that they executed that in the story was a, was a misfire. The, The fact that it happens off screen and that we come back and there's no, like, they're all just dead. There's no moment of like the chief, like still holding on and like them getting a moment of, and him saying goodbye, but like the chief being like, you know, like, oh, like, like you're, you're one of us, like avenge us or something like that, or, or, you know, like something, right? Like we, it just, it just felt weird. It's one of those things where it's like that the show is seven episodes. It probably should have been eight. Cause I think we should have gotten a, an episode that was dedicated to that. But mm-hmm. um, in any case, like, I, th- I think that, I think that that's what we're that So we've got that part of it where like, I think he might actually, so he's having like good days and bad days kind of like it's it like he's got space cancer maybe. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's like, I think, I think we'll get an explanation of like, he's got, there's something wrong with him, whether it's, it'll be connected to his cloning or it's, or um, I think in the, I think in the books it was something to do with him having been in the Sarlacc and like, because he was in the Sarlacc, he got, like space cancer <laughs> and was mm-hmm. sick and needed like these expensive treatments in order to stay alive. So he was bounty hunting in order to do that. Um, which is why he kind of never, like, even though he was the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, it's not, he's, he never like set himself up with anything. Right. Cause it was like all of his money was going into that. But uh, so I think like maybe they've tried to integrate some of that stuff. The other part of it is I think, I think that there's an internal struggle. I don't think, there is an internal struggle going on inside of Boba. There are the 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 two wolves inside him fighting, right? And he doesn't know yet which one is Boba. And the like the reality is that both of them are Boba Fett, mm-hmm. right? So he's got this thing right now where like I think he's almost afraid to be the old Boba. But he's also reluctant to show everybody the new Boba. And it's like when he was with the Tuscans, I think, because like they didn't have a preconceived notion of him. So he Mm. was able to be that new person. And even when like when he's out with Din and Fennec fighting stormtroopers, here's this opportunity 
of like, and, and, and like, it's a triumphant moment. So it's like a good day for him. Right. So he's like, he's able to like embrace that Tuscan side. He doesn't have the armor back yet. So he's that brutal Tuscan warrior sort of thing. And then he puts the armor back on. And the second that he puts the armor back on, it's like, there's even the joke, which I think now is starting to have a little bit more weight where Din's like good shot. And he's like, I was aiming for the other one (laughs) where it's like, it's like, Oh, He's a little rusty, guys. And mm-hmm. then he sees he sees the Imperial Cruiser and he's like, nope. <laughs> he's, he's afraid of the Imperial Cruiser, right? He's like, mm-hmm. they're back. It's the Empire. I don't know how they I don't know how they're back, but they're back. Um, and and so there there are these things of like his old life, I think, is is holding him back from from or not holding him back. I think his reluctance to embrace who he was and integrate it with who he's become is causing this dissonance. So we're getting these moments of like old Boba just would have killed the major domo. Right. Like, yeah. like, like, or, or like blasted the, the, the speeder and, and, you know, like if he dies, he dies and we'll figure it out some other way. Right. Like, like not a big deal. Um, but the new Boba is like, he's like, he says he's trying to rule not with fear, but with respect. So he can't go just shooting the major domo or like causing something that like, so he's like, go, go get him, bring him back. Right. Um, it's one step shy of him going like, bring him back alive, which I thought was interesting that they don't actually have him say that, but it's sort of like the implication again. That's why I think he's hired these kids like this gang, because it's like, cause he knows that like, if he goes and he hires, like, for example, the, the, uh, Nikto, uh, uh, swoop gang, right. Are they Nikto or are they Klaatuinian? Uh, I can't, it wasn't Nikto. So I, I think the Klaatuans will control the, like part of Mos Espa. I think the Nikto swoop. No, wait a minute. I don't. I, I can't remember what species. Yeah, the, the, I, I follow the, what you're saying. The suit though, gang, yeah. but like it, he's not going to go to them and hire them because they're just going to murder everybody, right? Like they're just going to mm. start ball bar brawls and like cause chaos. He wants he wants people that that are aligned with his new mission, right? So I, but but he also like like you said, like he's not using any of his bounty hunter skills really right like we're not seeing any of that stuff happen and i think the reason why is because he's like i can do this without that and it's like yeah but you shouldn't (laughs) you should use that stuff you should absolutely Mm -hmm. use that stuff so i think that by the end of the first season we'll we'll end up with like an integration of those two selves he'll come to that realization and uh and and uh and i like I think one of the reasons why Fennec sits back and she's annoyed with him is that she gets it. Like she, she already knows what he needs to do, but she also knows that you can't tell Boba Fett, right? Like, it's like, I can't just tell him what to do. He has to learn this for himself. Right. So it's a bit of like a, he's just on a bit of a journey, which is one of the reasons why I keep saying online, I'm like, you know, this, this feels a little bit off. That feels a little bit weird. I don't necessarily agree not not agree but like it's uh the some of these things just feel a little bit wonky every once in a while in these mm-hmm. episodes but i'm reserving judgment because i want to see the whole story right because i think season two of the mandalorian is a really great example of in the moment episode to episode it felt really like oh my god now they're bringing in this character now they're bringing in that character 
and and it was like it, it i feel like maybe it takes you out of it a little bit but then in retrospect or on on reviewing season two it's like oh no this all works this all works fine right like like it's yeah we're introducing a bunch of new characters and putting a bunch of new players on the board for other stories that are spinning off and stuff like that but also like where these characters come in and integrate with with din and grogu's journey makes a lot of sense right it it actually does um and i think that it's actually mapped out really well but it's one of those things that like when we're in the moment, it's like, okay, now we're going to spend an episode focused on Ahsoka. And it's like, yeah, but the story doesn't spend the episode focused on Ahsoka. Mm. It's not like they stop the episode and go like, and Ahsoka now spend 15 minutes telling us where you've been for the last 30 years. They don't do that. They very specifically don't do that. She says like (laughs) one or two things, but it, she is there for Grogu and that's the purpose of her in that story. And, Mm. and, and we get that right, um, and it's like where her story intersects with Din's story, we get a little bit more because we need to in order for that episode to be fully fleshed out. Otherwise, parts of it would feel hollow, right? But um, so it's like we get some of the background on this this lady that she's trying to you know uh, uh, unseat and the reason why she's there and all that sort of stuff, right? But um, but that's one of those things that like going into it we are focused on ahsoka and there's no way around that right so it's one of these things where it's like like i think especially for you right now it's like this episode like you are focused on danny trejo right i was focused no, on was, steven root like it, it's I wasn't not- really like focused on it was just one of those things where i for me star wars is yeah. at its best where i forget i'm watching star wars yeah, for sure. And like when I see someone that I recognize, it's just it's a it's a fourth wall breaking thing. And but that's, that's what it, I, you know, that, yeah. To it. But that's what I mean. Where it's like it's like th- those those actors pop up and we go and it does break the fourth wall for us right now because we're not acclimated to people we know showing up in this stuff. It's 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 a weird feeling because we're so used to like I don't know who Daisy Ridley is. I've mm. never seen anything with Adam Driver. Who's this John Boyega guy? These people are all new. Oscar Isaac, I went on like a quest to watch a few things before I went into The Force Awakens. So that was one of the few things where I was actors where I was like, okay, I kind of I got a sense of this guy. Um, But for the most part, I went into The Force Awakens and I was like, well, Ray is Ray. (laughs) Right. And now Mm. whenever I see Daisy Ridley in anything else, which is probably a problem for her, it's like, no, it's not Daisy Ridley. That's Ray. Um, Mm. so, but it's like the opposite with this. And and I just think we're not acclimated to it yet of like, yes, this is going to happen. This is going to keep happening. We're going to keep getting cameos. We're going to keep getting, uh, uh, actors that we are used to seeing in other contexts showing up. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not, but I'll bet you anything in six months, if you were to go back and watch these episodes again, it, it would just, you just breeze past it because now you know right and once we've seen where this character goes by the end of the season like well was danny trail whatever right like he's in it he's in star wars now he's a star wars guy so it's it's one of those things where like i think i think just like given some time and some some room to to just get used to the temperature of the water yeah yeah i I think that some of this stuff that's maybe rubbing us the wrong way won't be so bad um 
I, and I'm really, really hoping that like there's a that that there's a motivated reason why we don't spend a lot of time in the Tuscan camp in this flashback, right? Why like there's a reason why it's like okay, uh, we're not going to interrogate this too much because actually it turns out that blah blah blah, right? And I think that you guys can connect the dots on where I'm going with that, mm-hmm. but just to spell it out. We see a, we see three Tuscan bodies, and then we see the chieftain, and then he puts the stick from the kid into the fire. But we don't see the kid's body. Mm. We don't see really any of the massifs, which I think is really interesting. Mm. And we don't see the Tuscan warrior. She's not there. It didn't seem like there was that many Tuscans on that pile in general. Exactly. So I think... I think that that part of the tribe escaped and is out there somewhere, whether we're going to deal with that in the, in the next flashback or whether that's something that's going to actually end up coming back in present day. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I think that a really interesting component is that the, the, the Tuscan kid will be five years older. Right. And so there could be an opportunity there. We talked about it last week, like maybe, drash is was that Mm. kid right and 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 honestly there's still room for it there's absolutely still room for it we don't know what tuscans look like underneath those masks um and and they might pull a a real swerve on us with that also we might we might just get a different uh character showing up like a tuscan that shows up to save the day at some point and it turns out it's that kid Mm. right um, and that the Tuscan warrior took the kid and like that they escaped with the massifs and and survived and Boba never really went looking for them. He just kind of resigned to it and then like started putting together his plan. We also don't really know how long he spent with the Tuscans. It's fuzzy, right? But um, let's say it was like six months to a year. So, you know, we've got like four years of time left. But like how much of that was him looking for the armor, f- finding uh uh fennec all of that stuff right he's got to get the slave one back so i think we're gonna get a few more flashbacks there's other things for him to do in the flashbacks right um right so so we'll see we'll see how that all plays out i'm i'm reserving judgment i'm really hoping that there was a like that it was a motivated choice and not lazy writing it wasn't a shortcut to character development right like uh, and then and then Boba was motivated by vengeance for the rest of time. It's like, yeah, because <laughs> the I think the biggest thing with that is like I don't feel like he's motivated by revenge, mm. right? I feel like he's actually motivated by justice right now, and that like, but he's playing that close to the vest, and I don't even think Fennec really knows that that's his long game. Is that like, oh man, there's going to be some real upset. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Star Wars uh, dude bro, uh, quote unquote fans out there by the end of this. But I think that Boba is a social justice warrior, you guys. I think mm-hmm. Boba wants to bring communism to Tatooine. Like, <laughs> I, I think that he's looking at it and he's going like, this system is broken and all of these crime lords are taking advantage of it. And as the daimyo, I'm going to fix this. Right. Um, I mean, like, yeah, the stuff with the 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 swoop gang in this episode is so very much evidence to support that idea because it's exactly what he does. He's like, you guys don't have work. Come work for me. 
Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Watermonger, slash your prices. And he doesn't even have to say or else. It's implied. <laughs> like, you're, you're going to do it. And I love it. I love it how he's like, you don't like it? Move to Mos Eisley. And the, and, and the Stephen Root just kind of like, he just kind of goes like, well, that's not going to happen, right? Because Mos Eisley is, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a poodoo heap, right? It's, it's, it's not doing so well. I, and I like that we, we actually dropped by in this episode in the flashback just to kind of remind us of like, hey, um, Mos Espa's the nice place. I said that to Crystal when we were watching the episode. I was like, what you have to remember when you're watching this is that Mos Espa, so the reason why Jabba's palace is just outside Mos Espa, is that Mos Espa is the most uh, like civilized, uh, developed part of Tatooine, right? Like, like, it's the nicest city by a long shot. And the rest of Tatooine is like, you've got like Mos Eisley, which is where all the bad guys hang out. And then, and then you've got like little settlements and stuff like that, like, like most Pelagon and stuff, right? Like it's the rest of the planet is, is not very nice to live, but mm. people who live in Mos Espa, some of them are very accustomed to comfort. It's, it's a, it's like the, the capital of the planet basically. Right. Um, and we keep getting these amazing establishing shots. The, the, the like early nighttime uh, establishing shot that we got of, of Mos Espa in this episode was just like, I don't know. I want to know, like, is that a miniature? Is it all CG? Whatever it is, like they are nailing it with those shots. Like it, it is beautiful and looks like a real place. Like it looks mm. like they just fly to hell, uh, fly, flew a helicopter. <laughs> I, I over top of an actual location. Um, in those shots, I'm like, I was so stunned watching it in 4k and going like, this is very impressive visuals. And, and then, and then later on in the episode, I'm like, Hmm, hmm you guys maybe could have spent a little bit more budget on that stuff, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also, I'm also just kind of like. I'm really, I like, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy myself. Like, that's the thing is that like, I don't, I got, I, I got, I got so many annoying things in my life and so many things to be legitimately upset about that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let a star war, uh, uh, be one of those things. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm going to like, I'm going to ignore the bad stuff. Cause I'm not, but I'm not going to let the bad stuff take away, or I shouldn't even say the bad stuff. I'm not going to let the stuff that I don't like take away from the stuff that I'm really enjoying. Mm -hmm. Right. So like the Kersantin fight, the rancor, uh, the, just the overall aesthetic of the swoop gang. I, I like, I really enjoy that stuff. I really like it. I love this whole, like, like, I, uh, like I said, like American graffiti sort of tribute to, um, to George Lucas. Another thing that I saw on, on Twitter was somebody I I referencing that you know I should I should bring the tweet up so I can give this person credit, but um, I think oh I don't want to I don't want to say this the wrong way, I mispronounce or use the wrong word um, in this instance. So I am going to look this up. <laughs> okay. Really quick, uh, did I retweet it or did I just like it? I think maybe I just 
liked the tweet. It looks like I just liked it. So let me go into my likes real quick. Uh, t- talk, talk about something. Talk about anything right now. I think uh, you're on to something that everybody in general needs to remember watching this show or whatever show or whatever movie is that so much of a, you know, vocal minority of every fandom is just so possessive and, you know, gatekeeping about what's, what's it's supposed to be. This was supposed to be. As soon as you start using the word supposed, like the phrase supposed to be like you're, you're immediately limiting the artwork down to like you're you're watering it down to something that you know just because it's your very very subjective opinion yeah I, I don't know i don't even know how to articulate what i'm saying everyone needs to relax if you're if you're upset that something isn't landing for you it's not a big deal especially as a star wars fan there's so much star wars stuff yeah right now man like we're getting new star wars at all times this yeah. year like this is gonna pass and then the next star wars thing is gonna come on and it'll on, hit um, myth. yeah on 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 enough said which is uh the the marvel uh mcu review show that we do on Thunderquack. um we towards the end of the episode we were kind of trying to figure out because we're going like well we don't know what's next because usually we say mm. like oh the next thing we're gonna cover will be this so so you know this is when the episode should come out um and it's like, well, we don't know what the next thing is for Marvel. So we kind of looked at the Disney Plus slate of like, what what do we know is coming this year? What's the most likely things that are going to carry us through um, on uh, like with MCU and Star Wars? There's a very likely reality that we're about to get after Book of Boba Fett. We're going to get um, Moon Knight, the MCU show with Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac. Because uh, that's what all the rumors are kind I of pointing to. Is that, about that, show, is, that is that Moon Knight is actually the next one, mm-hmm. um, and and when Moon Knight is done, there is just an if if we like look at how many weeks there are left of Book of Boba Fett, and then how many episodes of Moon Knight we're expecting, which I think is six, um, that and then and then how many episodes of Obi Wan we know we've got there's a very real possibility that after book of Boba Fett, we're going to get moon Knight, or maybe we're going to get she Hulk or, or uh, miss Marvel or something. Right. But some MCU show, and then we're going to get Obi-Wan. So we're like, we're like three months away from Obi-Wan. That's like, that's still is right. Like, we're getting an Obi-Wan series. This is like, and still then, and then surreal. we've got a second season of bad batch coming this year. We know that, which I'm mm-hmm. expecting on May 4th. Uh, for the for this series the season premiere because that's what we got last year so i think like timing wise they'll do the same thing because mm-hmm. that i think will carry us perfectly from from kenobi into andor mm-hmm. right yeah. and it's like yeah that like that's what and then we've got mandalorian by season three by the end of the year like pff, there's so much it's, star wars coming not to mention really comics insane. and books and and it's like yeah. i said on the last episode i am not digging high republic it's not for me I like a lot of what they are doing. I like a lot of the choices that they're making, but the stories just aren't connecting for me. Right. And, and eventually I think one of them probably will, but like, 
it, it's just not there. I'm not mad at the High Republic for that. I'm not mm-hmm. mad at Charles Soule or uh, Daniel Jose Older or or Claudia Gray or any of the other writers or artists or any of that. It's like, no, guys, go tell your Star Wars stories. I- I'm good. I'm f- I'm actually, hey guys, I'm actually really good right now because I got some Star Wars that's making me happy, and I and also there's a lot of Star Wars that already exists that makes me very happy yeah so like if i'm really feeling like it i got i have things that i haven't like dove back into in a very long time i haven't read the brian daly star wars books in forever maybe i should do that right maybe go back and enjoy some star wars that you enjoy if this star wars isn't for you it's cool it's fine it's okay to miss something it's it's actually all right it's not that big Mm -hmm. of a deal so, like, if you're not feeling the book of Boba Fett, drop off. That's fine. It's a TV show mm. <laughs> about about a pretend guy who used to catch other <laughs> pretend guys for a slug man, and now he's all like, "No, I want to be. I want to be the democratically elected leader of Sand Planet." And it's like, like that's what, like that's what you are so upset about. They not like that's not meeting your expectations. And it's mm. like, you know what? Just like just cool it. Go read a legacy like Star Wars, not like uh Legacy of the Force. I don't know. Which ones that we talked about this before. The ones where Boba Fett all of a sudden is a main character in Star Wars. And it's like it's, um, I, I didn't like it. But I think that's where a bunch of that stuff about him being sick and stuff comes from. But um but like whatever, man. Like there are other Boba Fett stories out there. Go go live those. It's fine. It's all this is kind of up. a tangent, but like, it's okay. I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker since the first time I saw it, and I've moved on with my life since then. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm not angry that the sequel trilogy wasn't for me. It just, it just wasn't for me. That's it. Okay, I moved on to other Star Wars things, but like, I don't know what it is about fandoms, just like not being able to enjoy stuff without tearing down the things that they don't like about it because like all i mean no matter what it is i I feel like oh mandalorian's the best it's so much better than the sequel like okay yeah we get it you don't like it's okay i don't either but can we not talk about it for like what can we talk about the good things without talking about the things that we don't like and like ghostbusters is the same thing like ghostbusters afterlife i'm very happy that i like this new movie I'm very happy that it's. it seems like it's pretty successful, you know, in terms of considering there's a pandemic. Like, all things considered, it did really well, given its budget. But, like, I feel like I can't go into any thread about Afterlife without hearing about how bad the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot was. And I didn't like that movie either. But, like, I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired yeah. of people just harping yeah. on, like, all the... We, we can't possibly raise this up without tearing something else down. Like, I'm so over fandoms just like this is how we have to approach things this is how i i express my excitement is by crapping on the things that i don't like well let let let, let me let me put something out there maybe i consumerism i which is which is a, a necessity for capitalism and for the rich people to continue to be rich i it it actually like facilitates this i this this um like lifestyle choice, oh, which dude, is the only like way the that I can put it. Wars too, exactly. Yeah, of like, yeah, of like, 
Star Wars isn't a thing that I enjoy. Star Wars is who I am. Right. Mm. And I used to deal with this and it used to, it actually used to cause me a lot of stress and anxiety and I had to let go of it at a certain point. It's only been in the last few years that I've really been able to go like, you know what, this doesn't matter. And it's like, I, when the force awakens came out, for example, which is a really good example. I I have a friend who's five Oh first and I, he got to see the movie before I did. Mm -hmm. He got to, cause, cause there's a, there's a, a, an ILM, I, I office in Vancouver. So ILM got to see the movie like, like the same day as the Hollywood premiere, basically, or like mm -hmm. that, that same week, which is like the week before the rest of us got to see it. And, uh, and there were no press screenings. So there was no opportunity like through the podcast or anything like that for me to get, get uh, early access or whatever. So like it is this thing of like I, I it's this point of pride for me that like I like Star Wars celebration I get to see Clone Wars before other people I get you know screeners for things every once in a while I get a Christmas card from Lucasfilm all of these things were like so important to my identity and then my <laughs> friend my friend I'll, I'm, his name's Carl different Carl but because oh, okay. he lives here in Vancouver but Carl got to go like he he they dressed up in their stormtrooper armor and like were there for ILM to go see the movie. Right. Like to like, as like a, Hey, it's a party sort of thing. Right. It was like their Christmas party. <clears throat> and so they got to stick around and watch the movie. And it made me so mad. Like it made me so mad. Cause I was like, <laughs> Carl doesn't even like star Wars that much. Like, yeah, he's five Oh first. He's got stormtrooper armor, but like, but like Carl doesn't even like Star Wars that much. I don't know how he ended up over here. I think I think he was working with somebody else who was 501st and that person like got him over into that side of it. And it like, mm -hmm. you know, um, so it was like it was more about the kit than it was about Star Wars. Right. Um, and so it was like this thing of like of like he's not even he's not even a real fan like me. Right. And it and it. it it stressed me out and it, and, and I got so upset by it. And it's so funny. Cause then like, you know, years later we're doing stuff with, with podcasts and whatnot. And, and I'm, I like got more active on Twitter and, and into these groups and, you know, started talking to all these other people and seeing other people like the, with way bigger listener bases than we have and getting like really jealous of like, I don't get it. I don't understand. We, I, like I said earlier, we've been doing this since 2008. How come I don't have a bigger audience? It's not fair, right? Like that sort of stuff of like, I'm the Star Wars podcast guy, not these people. I've been doing this for longer. And it's like, well, that actually doesn't matter. It does like, that doesn't matter. It matters. Like, who is your audience? What do they like you? <laughs> right. That's the important part. Like, are, it, are you generating interest? Do you have a community? And then I look at it and I go, I, oh wait, I've got like, I've got like a dozen friends who I wouldn't have if it weren't for the podcasts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's like, how do, so how do I measure that? How do I look at it? Right. And I had to start looking at it and going like, what are you doing? Like, why are you getting so upset over this stuff? It doesn't actually affect your life. Like it doesn't actually matter. None of this actually matters. And, and also it's making a thing that you love and that you enjoy less fun. Mm -hmm. So stop, stop worrying about that. Right. It's, it's similar to like with arrow, 
it that really sucked the joy out of all of this CW DC TV shows, right? To the point where like now I can't really watch any of them. We only watch Superman and Lois. I uh, and it's like so far afield from the rest of them. But like all of that other stuff, it's like I've abandoned it. I've just dropped it all because Arrow covering it on the podcast for so long just like sucked the joy out of it. And it was mm-hmm. like and so there's other stuff that like Curtis wanted to do episode by episode for what if for Marvel, what if um, for, for enough said. And, and I said, no, cause I was like, no, I want to enjoy this. That's why we're doing the shows the way that we're doing them where we'd like watch the whole show and then do a, do a season recap. Right. Star Wars. I feel like I have a little bit more, like I have a better uh, uh, handle on it. So it's like, and, and, and I don't know, there's an expectation of like, we're going to put out episodes. So, so we're doing the episode by episode. And also I want to talk about this stuff a little bit more. So it's like, we're going to do that. But with the Marvel stuff, it's like, I'd actually really like to enjoy that stuff a little bit more than have to worry about, dissecting it week to week and so i'm able to enjoy the the mcu stuff in a way that i wasn't able to enjoy arrow and like let's be real the 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 tiers of quality are couldn't be further apart but um <laughs> that, that's not on cw that or mc like that's just the reality of the situation but here's a really good example i i cobra kai i love cobra kai I absolutely could I do a podcast on Cobra Kai? Yes. I could talk for an hour to two hours on every single episode of that show. <laughs> oh I could do commentaries on all four karate kid movies, five if you want to include the Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith one. I uh, like I love that franchise so much. I always forget about the Hillary Swank version. <laughs> that movie's not so great. But whatever, it's fine. I but like I don't need to like like I like to keep that one kind of separate and I'll tell people how much I love it and how great it is. But I'm never going to do a podcast dedicated to Cobra Kai <laughs> because I know that it would just end up like sucking. It. it turns it into work and sucks the joy out of mm. it. That's why. Hey, guys, this season, no recaps. No format to the show. Just Joe and I having a conversation about Star Wars. Wax because, poetic. yeah, because that's all I want to do. I want to enjoy the show. I want to have fun with it. And then I want to have a conversation with somebody that I like to talk to about, a, about a thing that we both like, and we don't have to agree. We don't have to disagree. We don't have to fight about it. We don't have to say, I, I, we don't have to be on the same page. It's not a big deal because we just got to talk for about an hour. We're almost at an hour and a half. <laughs> um, we just got to talk for about an hour about a star war and then, and then like go back to it. Cause what, what are we doing? What's the point of the podcasting for me? It was, it's the, you know, trying to get back to that of like the whole point of this is just to have conversations with my friends that I would have anyways. Right. Like that yeah. you, like, like, cause you and I message back and forth anyway. So I'm like, you know, it, like, let's just, let's just record it. Like, let's just talk and record it and get it out there. Um, isn't, isn't it wild that two people can disagree and you know still respect each other oh my god it's, who, it's who ridiculous that that's possible yeah. in this day and age um but yeah like like the core of all of that has to be like separate your identity from the things that you love and that's not just star wars it's not just fandom if you're a baseball guy be more than a baseball guy right like be a well-rounded person with an identity separate from your hobbies 
Like it's it they your hobbies don't have to be who you are. Um and you can you can be more than just that one thing. You don't have to be a stereotype. You don't have to and you also like you don't have to get upset when other people challenge that stuff. You know? Like like human beings are in immeasurably complex and I and yet we wanna like boil every person we meet down to like five bullet point notes. And I understand that we like we interact with way too many people for like how we're designed. Uh, our, mm-hmm. our brains are designed to know like 150 people and we all have way more than 150 people in our circle because of social media and because of how technology facilitates community building and all of that sort of thing. So we're all like living in these uh, overcrowded spaces uh, in our minds. So we want to just go like that person is this, 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 and this, but like inside you don't have to be that. And, and, and guess what? That's what this Boba Fett show is about. Like there's a lesson to be learned from what Boba is going through in this story. And that's like your identity and who people think you are doesn't have to define you. And you can be, but it like, don't also like, don't let that, you know, like the rebelling against it also be a thing that defines you. Right. Cause then you're still being controlled by it. Just, just be who you're going to be. It's all good. Not everybody's going to accept it, but enough people will, you'll find your people, you know, you'll find your tribe. And I think like, that's, that's where we're going with the show. I hope that's where we're going with the show. Um, but it's a lesson that I think fans of things really need to learn. Cause like, yeah, for sure. I am a star Wars guy. I am a Marvel guy. I am a ghostbusters guy. I love the Ninja turtles, but also like, like, Hey, guess what? I th- this isn't a secret to people who've been listening to me for a long time. I'm also a star Trek guy. I was a star Trek guy first before Blast I me. was a star Wars guy. That's not allowed. That's not allowed. Canadian police are on their way right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, like it's cool. You know what? Like, Marvel versus DC? No, Marvel and DC. One of my favorite comic book characters is named Spider-Boy. He is actually literally the amalgam of Spider-Man and Superboy. They took those (laughs) characters and they squished them together. The 90s were a wild time. Uh, But, like it's okay. Like, like, like two things can be true. It's, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. We could talk about this forever. And I feel like now I'm rambling and kind of going in circles, but I think just like everybody just take a step back from your star war and get a little bit of perspective on it. And I, uh, like, like it or don't like it. I don't care. Like that, that doesn't matter to me because my experience with it is going to be my experience this is one of the other things like don't let other people's enjoyment or lack of enjoyment define how you feel about it. Right. Like I have a lot of friends on Twitter right now that are kind of like, I have some people that are like, I'm not watching this show because of what happened. Some of the stuff that happened in season two of Mandalorian. And I'm like, okay, I I get it. I get it. It's not for Mm -hmm. you. That's fine. You're still a star Wars fan. If, if all you like is one star Wars movie, and it's the one where the uh, the two space wizards touch their hands together. Uh, uh, and like, that's the pinnacle of Star Wars for you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 
I hope that they're making like I hope that there are plans for them to make more of that type of stuff for you. Like I'm and and like I'm counting myself in that. I am one of those people as well. I also like I love Star Wars for like 15 different reasons, right? Like I I want it to be so many different things, which is why I think I get to enjoy so many different aspects of it. But hey, Resistance wasn't for me, guys. I watched every episode, covered it on the podcast. It was not for me. I'm not lo- I don't I don't walk around every day going like yelling at people about how much I did not enjoy Resistance. It's not that big of a deal. And it's like, mm. especially like when my friends like uh, like uh, Jonah Marie, like when she should be like, oh, yeah, Star Wars Resistance. I love Kaz. When she says that, I don't like jump into her tweets and be like, here are 15 reasons yeah. why Kaz sucks. Yeah. It's like I'm like, awesome. Let people enjoy things. Please. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, just leave people alone. Stay. Here, this is the best advice I can give anybody who's on Twitter. Do not go after a random person and tell them why they're wrong for liking something. If somebody says, yeah, don't like, don't ever yuck anybody's yum. That's a hundred percent, like a hundred percent of the time. As long as no, as long as we're not doing harm to another person, you know, or yourself, like don't yuck a yum. It's like that. And that's across the board, not just in fandom and everything. Just like, let people be what they want to be and do what they want to do. Um, I have a friend who has not enjoyed anything that Disney has made Star Wars wise, like from the start has not enjoyed anything. And all of a sudden he is loving book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And I'm because I'm like, so on the fence about it. And I have also loved a lot of things that Disney's done with Star Wars. I'm just like, I'm happy for him. Like, I'm so excited. Like, Oh dude, that's cool. That like, you finally found something for you. Like, I'm, I'm really happy for you that you have your thing that, like, you can be excited about now and, like, really be into and enjoy. And he's, he's like, oh, the, the bike gag is so great. And I'm not going to, because he's so finally excited, Yeah, I can't be like, no, here's all the reasons I disagree. Because, honestly, it really is, like, the same thing with you. Whenever you like stuff, I don't want to be like, no, you're wrong. It's like, I'm, I'm happy that, the like, the infectious excitement is there and like that's the kind of thing you want to like nurture with people like oh that's cool that you like that that's awesome you know what i mean instead of like it's more the same like dragging people down like just because you disagree like whatever man like there are more important things to disagree about and then get into arguments about than star wars obviously but that's that's the um, the, yeah that's the (laughs) yeah Yeah, I, I, you know, there are people that I used to podcast with that I don't podcast with anymore, and it doesn't have anything to do with our opinions on Star Wars. Um, mm. That's not their reason why. Uh, there are other, like you said, there are other things. There are other things, and it's very upsetting sometimes. But I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's a there's a Kevin Smith uh, quote where he says, uh, like it, it 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 costs nothing to encourage an artist. Mm-hmm. Right. I uh, like when when somebody does like you encourage an artist and, and and who knows, like they might end up going on to create the TV show that you love or the movie or, or an album that you listen to every day or whatever. Right. But if you discourage an artist, you'll get nothing in return ever. Right. Like if you shut that down mm-hmm. and that person says, I'm not going to create art anymore, then that's it. 
you you gain nothing from that and yeah. it, but it costs nothing to encourage somebody so and it's i think it, the same thing applies here where it's like if somebody loves something you'd be like awesome that's rad tell me why you love it like talk talk to me about that because you never know every once in a while you might t- start to see something from whoa blow your mind a different perspective Mm. And that different perspective might actually change the way that you see the world. And then you might actually enjoy something more, (laughs) you know, like I, I I famously kicked the hornet's nest and got stung by a whole lot of Raylos that one time. And, uh, and, and then in doing so opened myself up to conversation with some of them. And uh, first of all, first and foremost, made some very good friends who are people that I care about a lot now. Um, and and second of all, like they opened me up to a whole other perspective on storytelling, uh, primarily like like a feminine perspective that I didn't have before. They, it, I mean, it's a double edged sword. On the one hand, it opens me up to all these new stories that I didn't enjoy or didn't get any real gratification from previously that now all of a sudden I love. And then on the other side of that, it's like, well, now I see some of the flaws and some of the things that people get upset about. Right. And it's like, okay, so like, I, I, you know, you take the good with the bad with that, but, but it is one of those things of like, you like open up those perspectives, allow other people in, have conversations with an open heart and an open mind. And you never know, like your life might get better as a result of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that any bad comes, comes from it. I guess I should say no, like it's no. like it's you know, I, uh, I, I, I don't see the scenario where like that, that lessens your experience of life um, unless you let it in some way. But dude, I've had so many experiences in the past, like, because I'm, I've made my journey like from, you know, having no experience as an artist to, you know, where I am now, not to, sound like I'm Doug Chang or anything like that, but like, you know, I've, I've been very, um, I've kind of documented my journey along the way. And I've had, as a result of that, I've had a lot of people kind of like following along and along the way, even when it was like really early on, like maybe a year or so into it, I would have people reaching out to me, um, asking for whether it's, uh, critiques or advice or, or whatever, just, you know, and I always try to give the best advice I can based off of, um, you know, my experience, obviously everybody's journey is going to be different, but I always try to give someone, you know, a, a point of, well, maybe start here and see where that takes you and see whatever. And anytime I ever like get someone asking for whether it's, um, you know, the critique or advice or whatever, I always start with, here's all the things I think you do great. Here's, here's all the things I think you're doing right. Keep the stuff up. You're really strong at this. Like you just give that little bit of oomph, that little bit of encouragement first. And then you say, here are some things that I think need a little bit of work. It's outside your comfort zone. It looks like to me, you know, and the best thing I think any artist can do is to try to keep pushing that little box that they're in to make it bigger and bigger and bigger, make that Mm -hmm. comfort zone a lot bigger and keep pushing outside of it. And that's just kind of been my general mantra is like encourage first and then, okay, you know, some people might call it sugarcoating, but like, I think it's an important part of it. And a couple of times, a couple of times over the past 11, 12 years, I've had people come to me that have said, Hey, you probably don't remember me. And I usually don't. And, you know, 
I reached out to a while ago. I reached out to a bunch of artists that I really liked. You're the only person that responded and I took your advice and now I'm, I'm in commercial art. And like, just the idea that like, I encouraged that person to do it and I tried to give them like a little bit of feedback, but like the fact that I told them you're good enough to do this. Mm -hmm. So if you really love this and you care about it, there's no reason you shouldn't be doing it. And like then to find out that now those people are out in the world creating art and, and all that stuff. Like it's such like a, like a rewarding feeling that, like you said, you know, that Kevin Smith, I, I hate giving that quote just because it always feels like, well, I'm an artist. So it, it's, it's like, I'm, kind of it's, looking out for my own self-interest by saying that but like i love yeah. that quote because it's true it's so true and like yeah i've i've experienced it myself and it's it's such like a a warm and fuzzy feeling that like ooh, this person is gonna go through the same financial hardships as me probably but you know what they're probably gonna make the world a better place by you know pursuing their passion yeah, <clears throat> yeah well i i wouldn't be able to say that i've drawn official star wars art if it weren't, oh, that's whatever. For, <laughs> that's for, to hear her there, man. No, but but, <laughs> but I'm but I mean, like that was a goal of mine, right? Like that was a mm -hmm. that was that was a thing that I could check off my list. I I and that was only because you know you you helped me uh, navigate that and figure it out. I I so yeah it it but yeah like it's it's I don't know I I, I think that they we just spend a lot of time. It's okay to be critical of things. It's okay to mm -hmm. to to want something to be better and i love star wars and i always want star wars to be better and tell better stories and sometimes the star wars is perfect sometimes you make solo and it's like well i don't really think that we need to change too much here uh maybe mm. maybe val should have survived but um i think that's really the only thing in that movie that i'm like it's a little bit it's a little bit off but but i i but also i understand why the decision was made i I have a quick question for you sure, go, about go about Boba Fett episode three. Okay, before before we end, do you think the twins are talking about the Pikes or Crimson Dawn? I think that the twins. I don't think that the twins know how bad it is, and okay. that Crimson Dawn is a part of it. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that they've I think that they know that the pikes are um I I, I how does how does Dryden Voss put it? They they maintain an uneasy alliance with mm. the pikes, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that interrupting the pikes operations messes with Crimson Dawn. And and I think like that's the way that things are going to go down is that I, I it's not like the the pikes are almost a misdirect at, at this point, because because we're saving that Crimson Dawn thing for for the mm. very end of the, the season. So it's like I, I, we're we're building up the pikes as like, like and, and like the pikes are are uh, are also a, a very credible threat. We know that from the mm -hmm. Clone Wars. Like they have a very right. large operation. Mm -hmm. Obadiah is basically an entire planet of spice runners. Like like that's their bread and butter. That's how that planet gets by. I I and I and and the pikes are very brutal about it. So um like like make no mistake, we do not want to cross the pikes. Right? We don't want to start a war with the pikes. 
now Boba is like, we better get ready. <laughs> right. Um, and I think he also knows what's coming, but I think what, what he doesn't understand is that Crimson Dawn. And I don't think that the huts understand it either. I think that, I think like, I don't think that the huts are going like, Oh, this like Crimson Dawn is, is, is here already. Cause I, I get the strong feeling that like Crimson Dawn is already entangled in this. Um, and we just don't know it yet. And some stuff might become clear to us later, but I, I, I think that the huts are like, they're like, we don't want to go to war. A war is bad. They say word. They say bloodshed is bad for business. Uh, no, in the second episode, they said something about unnecessary bloodshed or whatever. Like we can avoid that. But, um, but in this one, they say war is bad for business. Um, I, I I think that like they're they're thinking on a larger scale than Boba is right now, and I think that that's one of the lessons that Boba needs to learn uh, is that like he's thinking about gangs and uh, and you know, like drug runners and stuff like that, and he's not thinking about the larger syndicates and alliances and and um and he he's really not thinking off world. He's just focused on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like there's a very good reason for that, and it has to do with the Tuscans. But, um, yeah, it's a, 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 a the the Crimson Dawn is 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 looming. It's 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 the shadow that's over everything. Um, and and I think that like everybody's just been living in the shade for so long they don't realize it. Um, and I think that we're gonna we're gonna discover that. Look, the huts are pulling out of Tatooine. Um, for the huts to be afraid <laughs> implies <Yeah. laughs> it's not it's not the pikes. The huts are not afraid of the pikes. Mm-hmm. So what this implies is that, and especially if if you, I haven't read the War of the Bounty Hunters, but thankfully we have Star Wars Explained on YouTube to fill everybody in on the stuff that they <laughs> don't feel like reading. You just get the cliff notes; it's fantastic. Um, by my understanding, Crimson Dawn is is pretty responsible for um the disarray of the hut clan uh, like of, of the various clans and organizations with the huts so um i think like if you're in a position where where the huts are afraid of crimson dawn uh that implies to us now and and this is one of those things where people are going to get mad because they're going to go but the huts are the blah blah it's like no you that's what you understood to be true but look, if the story tells you that Luke Skywalker ignited a lightsaber while standing over his nephew, that's what happened, guys. Get over it. Mm. That's Luke Skywalker now. Integrate that with your under- understanding of the character. Try and figure out why we're telling that story the way that we're telling it. And like, accept it. You don't have to like it. You never have to like any of it. But you do have to accept it. Um, and this is one of those things where I think like this is going to recontextualize in the same way that Rancors just got recontextualized for us as like the Pitbull analogy, right? Of like, oh, they're actually very sweet and loving if you treat them well. They only they're mm-hmm. only ferocious when it when threatened, right? Um, I think I it was it's so good because it's such an allegory for Boba. I love it. I love it. It's it, the, the, the <laughs> metaphor is not lost on me, you guys. I love it so much. Um, but I think that like, we're going to recontextualize the pecking order and, and learn that like, oh, there, there's only, there's only one criminal organization that the huts fear. 
uh, and and maybe it's recent. Maybe it's recent history. It's the last six or seven years. Right. But Crimson Dawn is not to be trifled with. And that's Kira, right? Like, that's what that comes down to is like, that's Kira. Don't cross her. She will end you. Like, that's just the way that it's going to be. Right. Um, and I'm very I'm very interested to see if that's going to play out that way. I, I Like, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, it would be fantastic if Kira and Boba end up uh, uh, sort of crossing paths and 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 uh, and there being some sort of a connection between those two. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be great, especially because like it used to be Han and now it's Boba. Exactly, that'd um, be pretty silly. I'd be into it. I uh, well, especially because like Kira is always a little bit with Han in in solo like at the beginning when they're both young and stupid she's all like oh let's run away together but then when when she hooks back up with them i i when she's working for crimson dawn there she's there's a bit of an aspect there of like yeah you don't um you don't realize what life i lead now <laughs> like you don't you you were you were you were a cute high school crush but now uh now i'm into different stuff <laughs> mm. and uh, and boba might be able to fill that role um if somebody else hasn't already maybe we're gonna get dash rendar uh, oh don't do that to me don't do that would to that me. be how great don't would that, that be if me. they if they bring dash rendar into it and he is very much like he works for kira and it's very much like kira didn't didn't find a new han but she found this guy and basically like turned him into han <laughs> i would renounce every negative thing i've said about that show if they bring back Dash Rendar. I, Everything. I, oh my Every god. word. Oh my god. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? And if they don't, I'm only gonna double down. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say something I'm gonna say something that might get me in trouble because people have certain feelings about this actor and I don't necessarily disagree with them. But I just think that if this actor ever shows up in Star Wars, there's only one character that he should play, and that's Dash Rendar. That actor is Chris Pratt. Oh, I would love it. I would, I, I would, I wouldn't even care about the fourth wall shattering. I'd be all about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Come can in. You, I go. can, I can yes. see it yes. as clear yes. as I see my microphone needs, in front needs, of my face right now. Needs the shoulder pads though. Gotta 100%, have them. 100%. Non-negotiable. And for him to just be like, be like this guy who like thinks that he's Han Solo, but is very clearly not Han Solo. Oh God, Uh, please. Wouldn't it, and wouldn't it be fantastic to bring that character in and then also bring Alden back as, as Han and put them side by side. And for everybody to be like, you know what? We were a little quick to judge Alden. Like, oh God, I need it. I need it so bad. Actually, he is a really great Han Solo because here's what we could have ended up with. Right. Mm-hmm. But for them to like play that as like, uh, as like, I, uh, uh, you know, like this is, this is what bargain bin Han Solo actually looks like. Um, and for Chris Pratt to really like play that up. And it is very much like that works because he's star Lord and you know, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. But, um, he also belongs to a very, uh, uh homophobic and, uh, uh bigoted, uh, organization. So I'll just, I'm just going to go ahead and put really? that out there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like oh, a man. part of some church that's like, I, uh, I, uh, yeah. And he's never really like denounced that part of that church and he's done some mm. other stuff. 
recent past. We don't need to get into it, but this is like, this is, this is we did this at the end of the last episode. Man, you're talking me about, up when you tear me right back down. <laughs> talking about Sam Whitwer. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know, man, does the talent outweigh the horrible things? No, it doesn't. But also like, I'm going to see guardians three. You, you mm. like this. Here's the deal. I said this last week with the Harry Potter stuff. You're all going to go see it. Yeah. Don't act like you're not. Everybody's yeah. all like big with the blah, 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 blah. And oh, we're so mad. Well, I'm not going to support anything. You're all going to see Jurassic world and you're all going to see guardians. <laughs> I'm not. Don't, don't <laughs> I'm tell not me. You're not. No, I didn't see the last one. I don't care about that. No, that no, second, that right second there. one's no good, but this third one's got dinosaurs in the snow. I don't know what it is, man. Spider-Man in the snow, dinosaurs in the snow. These are things that make, they're, they're just really important to me. We have a Batman movie where he's in the snow, and I love that. Uh, that is a wonderful movie. I don't know. Star, Star, Star Wars already has lots of snow, and it and it's beautiful, and it works there. I want to see dinosaurs in the snow. I want to see some Parasaurolophus in the snow, man. I'm going to go, I, uh, it's a Jurassic movie. I don't have a choice. <laughs> don't have a choice. I don't know. I never, I never had the attachment to those films i saw them and i liked really? them but it, it just oh. wasn't like ingrained in my dna like it was for most people our age i was I gonna be a paleontologist is. for such a long time oh cool yeah but when then i when i was older i realized i don't want to be a paleontologist i wanted to be dr grant and it's like that's not what paleontologists <laughs> do they don't go to islands and then and then uh you know, run from dinosaurs and stuff. Uh, just like uh, I saw Free Willy and I wanted to be a marine biologist. And it's like <laughs> very impressionable. Yeah. young Michael. Yeah. I, I, what I realized when I was a teenager is I don't want to be these, the, I don't want to do these jobs. I would like to be an actor. Uh, yeah. And that's what in high school, that was <laughs> my idea. Was like, I was jobs. like, no, 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 no. You want to do this other thing. Um, and now I don't do any of that. So I just draw pictures of things from time to time. Uh, yeah. Uh, Listen, drawing pictures is just an extension of playing with action figures. Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't care what anybody says. It's just we just didn't grow out of our action figures. Yeah. The action figures just changed. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and so much of it is like, I really wish they'd make an action figure that looks like this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I want this to be a thing that exists. Yeah. Uh, some artists get fortunate enough uh, with big enough followings that, uh, that that 3D modelers come along and take their stuff and then turn their, their 2D stuff into 3D. And I really wish somebody would do that for me. So like a couple of my pieces. So like the Boba Fett one that I did, right? I would love it so much if somebody could take that Boba Fett illustration that I did and and do it in 3D so that I could 3D print it and then like have that in my house. It yeah. would make me so happy. But um, I don't know. I, it's, I just, it's not a matter of it not being good enough. It's just a matter of me not having like a big enough circle uh, uh, with my, with my art stuff to, to find that, that person. I don't know. Maybe that person's listening to this podcast. Uh, anyways. Christmas is coming in 11 months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and Hey, anybody, anybody out there before you tell me that I should just learn blender myself? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I, I, I've tried to learn some oh. 3d stuff. Like I know very, very little basic stuff, but it's just like, just because it would be helpful for drafting and just of course. really quick and then just like draw over it or whatever. But like, yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I don't know if I have the aptitude for it. It's, it's a big same. Oh, big sin. Yeah, it's I did 3D stuff in high school and it was just like 
This is not, mm, there's no instant gratification on this one. This takes a really, mm. really long time. And the tools have progressed a lot. And like ZBrush is a thing where you can kind of sculpt and whatever. And I don't know. I would like, I would like to give that stuff a try, but at the same time, like well, who's got the time? Uh, mm. Speaking of which we have been talking for almost two hours. Whew. That's an episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, here's here's to to the next episode of Book of Boba Fett. Maybe we can get a nice nice rhythm going for you, Joe. Hopefully, the next episode is another up. Uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna stay optimistic. Yeah, yeah. I I think by the end of this that we'll have, like a, we'll have a holistic perspective on it, and I think overall um, we'll both be satisfied. But uh, again, we'll see. Let's let's reserve judgment a little bit. Let's wait and see. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you, Joe, for talking about Star Wars and everything else with me. And yeah, of course, uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.